We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 538. A lot better than last Sunday around 5 o'clock in the afternoon. How huh, boys? Scott, Bob, what's up? Yo, that's a series win. That's what that is. That is a series W. So that's the name of the game. These guys got to get back to square one, which apparently is hitting home runs. And uh, and and when that happens, Bangin'. take the series. Take the series Figure the rest of this shit out later. Yeah, people are disappointed they didn't complete the sweep. I mean, what, come on, guys. They've been they've looked like ass for for a solid for the entire season so far. Sixteen games leading into they the just Cleveland won three series. or four. They 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 even took a lead. You know, went up what three nothing in today's game. So is what it is. They took three or four. Uh, I'm happy with that. And yeah, it's good to see them to start swinging the bat a little bit better. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, as I was driving today. It was like, well, they this was during the game, and they had already won the three. It's like you would have signed up for for a split in Cleveland, even though Cleveland's not the best of teams at this point. You're going to be facing Bieber in one of those games, and and they have uh, other good starting pitching. And with the way the Yankees were playing, every Yankees fan on planet Earth would have just been happy with a split, and they ended up with three or four. So yeah, fine. You can you can act like you're disappointed now that you didn't get the sweep, but no one in their wildest dreams thought they were going to win three out of four. Uh, going into the series. Well, the the thing you look at is is that the team that was worse 
in runner with uh, with runners in scoring position was Cleveland. So there was a team that was actually had an offense that was struggling even more than yours. So you'd think that you could go in and score more than you know the the worst team that has the offense lower than yours, not executing as well as you are, which is terrible. So the the um you know it was looking good. It was looking it was looking promising. I'd say going into it, but you Bieber joke. was in the way for sure. Yeah, and Cole, Cole obviously he, he stepped up uh, to to match Bieber and even better. I loved that they brought him out there at I think it was ninety seven pitches. He went out there for the seventh inning, and that was a short bullpen because can the the, th- the three three days in a row rule that Boone will not break, even though I mean that they Michael K was opining on the broadcast how that keeps the relievers healthy, but it doesn't keep them fresh for October when they seemingly are fried every October. But whatever. As, as soon as as soon as we saw uh, Bieber go, what 119 pitches? I think it was. It was his. Uh, it was his career high. Yeah, I think Frank Kona just forgot he was still in the game. No, Frank Kona was just pushing. He just he's like. I mean, they were talking about this on the broadcast. I think they were exactly right. I think they were exactly spot on. Frank Kona thinks that a, a, a Bieber with 117, 18 pitches is better than anybody in their bullpen, and that very well may be true. That so, applies to Garrett Cole as well. It, it should apply to Garrett Cole. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but. As soon as he went to, you know, 118 pitches and he was in the 115 range or whatever, you know, Cole was just like staring at Boone. Yeah. <laughs> just not taking me out with double digits. Not stare. Like if you, if you try, I'm, I'm going out. Doesn't matter what you say. I'm going out. Well, I, it was, I, it was what I think it was definitely because of no green and no Chapman. If both of those relievers were available, I think he comes out of that game. Do you agree with that? No, I actually still think he was going to go out. But I think the, they can, the, they're comfortable remember, going it, going, you know, uh, having him get uh, over a hundred pitches. I know, I but if you remember pitch. his last start out against Tampa, similar situation into the seventh inning, started it at a hundred pitches, third time through the order, all the, all the nerd stuff. And he gave up the, the lead. So yeah. different it was team, like a, different it was like circumstance going up I against know. Bieber. I know that, but I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time saying that if you had Chad Green rested and Araldis Chapman rested, they're not, I think they're pulling Garrett Cole. Maybe they let him go out there, start the inning. Yeah, they have to give, they have to give Chad Green his, uh, his, his unclean inning. Well, the thing that was like, makes me scratch my head with the three day rule thing is that Chad Green on Thursday threw 10 pitches and then on Friday threw eight pitches. So it's like, he threw 18 pitches over a two-day span. You're telling me he can't pitch a third day in a row? And I know the the B whips, right? You the warm humps. up. You get the yeah, humps. The dry the you, you get up, you get down. It's 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 the entire thing, not necessarily the pitches in game. So far. That's it. But uh I mean he couldn't have been any more economical than 10 and 8 in two appearances, but nope, not gonna not gonna do it. And and they stick to it. I mean, so Chapman and Green showed up to the ballpark knowing no matter what, I'm not pitching today. Right. Yeah. Like, is there a scenario you could envision where they those guys, one of those guys, pitched? I mean, it would have fifteen innings, sixteen innings. Like, are okay? Then fine. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, if you're going, if you're going to pitch again, or or is or are they going to go to Chad Green? I I hope that they make the logical decision and they and they go to a Chad Chad Green identifying the the circumstance of eight and ten. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't saying, you know, we're in this routine. We're here for the long haul. At the end of the day, we, we're making sure that. Uh, you know, these guys are put in a position to win and this is what we believe is the right way to go. But Hey, look, it was a good weekend. Uh, uh, the bullpen is, you know, just continues to be lights out. It really does. It's, it's been, it's been good except for the one guy that I picked (laughs) 
literally everybody has been good Option except for play. the one guy that I picked. <laughs> so that's okay. I we guess both, we got that out of the way quickly. I got four left. Let's go. We both had a big swing and miss so far on our prediction, our bullpen predictions, because you remember I said the bullpen's going to struggle more than the starting rotation this year. I mean, it, I kind of had a season long prediction and who knows, Nick Nelson could come back and, and, and be locked down next time he comes in. But yeah, quickly some bullpen stats. The, uh, where they ranked in the league, and this was entering Sunday, they were fourth in innings pitched, first in in uh, relief pitcher war, first in ERA, first in FIP, second in expected FIP, and fifth in strikeouts per nine innings. And this is after losing Tommy Canely, Dylan Batances. Zach Britton is not pitching right now. Dylan Batances has been gone for two years. Has he? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It seems like he was just here. No. It's been a while. I guess so. At, uh, uh, but Adam Avino was a big was you know was a big. You loss. get my point. No, like no this, more frisbees across the plate. That you were what you were like. Oh man, maybe we're gonna lose something. How's he doing? Bullpen, I have not looked to see how he's doing. Is he he had a he meltdown. Pitching? He had a meltdown against Seattle the other day. So the uh, the bullpen was not. I don't want to say rebuilt, but it was definitely retinkered with. Darren O'Day, Justin Wilson were brought in, and Loizka has huge, huge step up for him. In obviously trust factor, I feel like that's a boon term, right? Trust factor. Can you hear sure. him saying that? Um, Absolutely. There's a circle. He's in it. It's a, it's the Robert De Niro uh, in the circle, circle of trust. Circle. Yeah, I mean, he gets the four out save opportunity after Justin Wilson uh, kind of lost the strike zone a little bit. And you know what? I think we have to go back to a mailbag a couple weeks ago and say we were wrong on something. Do you remember that Ruggio door mailbag where the guy was like, "Oh, I like how he comes into the mound." And and talks to pitchers, and we were yeah, like, he oh, still he's does probably, it. He probably just like learning signs. Susan Waldman and John Sterling, I'm not exaggerating. Today, spent three and a half innings talking about how Ruggio Dor is such a good teammate, and how the the everyone in the in the dugout loves that he goes to the mound and talks to guys, to settle them down. So I think uh, hand up, we were wrong on that. Maybe Ruggio Dor, glue guy, as Rich Kaufman tweeted, Ruggie glue. He's the glue with his bat drop, home runs, and all. Yo, that that is the fastest bat drop. It was like the the reaction the reaction time of the bat drop with the speed of the uh, w- Bob. Next time, when you, if we can find some like exit velocity on the bat drop, because that had to have been highest in the left in the league this in the year. Dirt. It was it was like elastic. It was it was pretty impressive how fast that thing got down. We it do was need good. to get Statcast for that. I, I agree. This this needs to change. You know what? If we had if we were aren't we using now? Are we using the uh, the TrackMan technology, we are now, right? I don't think they're MLB tracking using... bat flips and bat drops. Well, they what could. Do you think, That's the what beauty. Do you think, they could. What do you think is more offensive to a pitcher, a bat flip or a bat drop? It's definitely the flip. There's so much more intention with the flip. flip. Unless you're Trevor Bauer. I don't know if you heard this. Yeah, the, uh, his, yeah, his press saw. conference last night. Uh, just oh, I didn't hear about... his press. I saw the Tatis stuff. Yeah, I mean, he was talking about that essentially. Like, yeah, you want to celebrate the uh, let the guys celebrate. If it, you know, if if uh, if they beat me, they can celebrate. Don't throw I mean, Trevor in on Bauer. Them. If Trevor Bauer gets upset about a guy, uh, you know, acting cocky, then he's a complete hypocrite because he. Well, does yeah, the he McGreg- can't do it. I mean, he has to say this. For he's sure. the he does the McGregor walk when he strikes someone out. It's like you yeah. can't do that and then get pissed off when you give up a home run and a guy mocks you. Like, no. At this the is same all part time, at the same time. I'm good. I'm good with the changes. You know, like the old school part of me at that in in uh, in that respect is out the window. Give me the celebrations. Give Were me the, you ever the f- against the celebrations. I mean, the showing up sometimes. Yeah, I guess I was. At, well, at what one do you point. consider showing up? 
I mean, a bat flip is certainly showing up, but, but they don't, I don't think, I don't think the players consider it like, uh, I don't think they consider it today a show up of the pitcher necessarily more so than just literally a celebration. Whereas it's just a different mentality. It's just, I think the different mentality of the different eras of, of baseball, because that was never done. So if, if the, anything was done at one in the nineties, if anything was done or even before the night, before the home run ball started, then you're getting thrown at. So it just well, wasn't in the game. Uh, yeah. I mean, we obviously weren't watching the game, so we don't know. But I think in the 90s, there was a not as much, certainly not as much. There was a little pimpage, though. Like some like I feel like if now back then we didn't think of the Sammy Sosa hop when he hit a home run as anything more than just Sammy being Sammy. But like, don't you think now in today's, you know, PC culture, people would be like, oh, that Sammy Sosa hop is showing up the pitcher. No, because I don't think today's age, they don't care about it. That's the beauty of this. Like, look you at Tatis. have he throws people the, on he, Twitter that care. Tatis throws the bat 97 feet in the air on every home run. Like, the guy is just, he's, he's just, uh, he's electricity. He's out there just, just trying to try to have a, uh, put on a show and I'm fine with it. Baseball needs something. Let's do that instead of changing the game itself. Let's get some NFL celebrations in there. Some like rowing the boat. Four yeah. four guys just rowing the boat, and we've seen the grenade at home plate. They've done that. We've seen yeah. some 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 team celebrations at home plate. The some oh. dancing, but yeah. What if they in, all just jump in and do the NFL like <laughs> taking a picture pose at home plate? I thought exactly. NFL though. Did they get rid of the team celebration penalty in football? In football, it used to be if you I, celebrate I think it's still with there. Your team, I just don't think they. I don't think they activated as much, but they and or okay. they uh, yeah, do it on, like the, on the kickoff and every kickoffs in the. Every kickoff's a touchback anyway, so who cares? What's the difference? Exactly, that's true. Yeah. So just to to uh, get quickly back to the bullpen and Johnny Loizaga, where where do you rank him in the pecking order now? Is I mean, he he's up Chad there, man. Green. Like he, yeah, well, he's behind Chad Green. Chad Green. Chad that's Green is saying. certainly is he third. Is he third behind Chad Green? Yeah, for now. I think for now. I think when Britain gets back, then we're going to see. You know, yep. we'll, we'll see the order get go back to the way it was. But Loizaga again going with that those two pitches, just just dominating with those two pitches, and just uh, you know the the fastball changeup. That is that is what I want from him. I want to see him be dominant in an inning. You know, four outs, one inning. It is what it is. But um, I want him in shorter stints because I think he can definitely be dominant. He's got the stuff. You know, Cole was talking in a press conference about him afterwards, just praising the way he's attacking the zone. And that's what we saw from him. And that's, I think, what we expected when he came up from the minor leagues. The guy did not throw balls. The guy threw a ton of strikes, didn't walk anybody. And I think, you know, over the, the what, it's been a couple of years now since he's been up, he's definitely struggled with his command a bit. But I think we're starting to see now a, a comfortable Johnny Loizaga. And when you get a guy like that, who's got such really, he's got really good stuff. His fastball is electric. That changeup is good. Um, when you see a guy like that hit that comfort level, I think that's when you start seeing good stuff. And again, I, I don't think I don't like him as much as a two inning in, in a two inning role. I love him in a one inning role. It's it's crazy, though, because he was a, a starter in the minor leagues and that's just yeah. completely gone now. I don't think there's any more thoughts of him being a, anything but a short reliever. Just shows you the difference, right? I mean, you can have two pitches and maybe like a shitty third one in the minor leagues and be OK and, and probably dominate. But um but in the majors, you you better damn well have at least that third pitch, um, probably a fourth even. But unless you're a guy like Garrett Cole, who who doesn't necessarily need a, a fourth pitch, but you 
Most guys do. So hell of a lot harder when you, when you take that next step. Do you remember when the Yankees signed Chapman to the long deal and you and I, Scott, were like, he's going to have to do something other than throw 104 miles an hour by the end of this contract or else it's just going to get ugly. And by God, he's, he's doing, doing it. that because this splitter looks filthy and he's allowed no runs in his seven innings, 17 strikeouts in seven innings. He's using the splitter 12% of the time. But I think more importantly than that, he's using this, the splitter 12% is that it's actually a good pitch because he was starting to use his slider more, but I never felt confident whenever Chapman had to throw a slider. It wasn't a good slider. It was like no. an okay enough slider to play off a 101 mile an hour fastball, but he hung it in the plate so often. He hung it in the middle of the plate to Jose Altuve. That's why he hit it 400 feet. But the splitter is actually a good pitch, and that's what's making him next level right now. And what it does is it, it plays better to his game. You know, that slider that's hung up in the zone is, is, a, is on a tee. Uh, you you throw a splitter that's heavy and you get the movement that he's getting right now. I mean, it's hard to get that ball in the air. So I think it's a direct, it's a direct adjustment for what has been, you know, plaguing him over the past few years in the playoffs when they need him the most. And he's definitely, you know, give him a lot of credit for, for developing this pitch and, and really being able to come out and execute it as well. He's looked, he's looked better than I mean, I think now he looks better with this splitter than he's even looked when he's throwing 104, 105, whatever it is, miles per hour, because he's not just blowing guys away. He's pitching, and and that's nasty because he's still he's still climbing in the triple digits. So it's not like he can't throw the ball hard anymore. He can still throw the ball very hard. And now he's got this bottom-out uh, splitter that's just devastating. Paul O'Neill reminded me that the Reds briefly were considering using him as a starting pitcher when they signed him. And I just completely forgot about that. It's been so long since he came into the league, but I forgot that he like, I, I think there was like, they didn't know, is he a, as a reliever? Is he a starting pitcher? And I just can't imagine him being a starting pitcher. Yeah. Early days, man. I mean, Mariano was a starting pitcher too. So I think at some point, a lot of these guys come up as such and, and you're trying to, you see this talent and you're like, man, well, if we can pretend this is this is kind of like Otani, like I eventually see if they if he stays as a uh, a pitcher, he, he's a he's a bullpen guy. But you you see the the ability, and you're like, man, maybe we could get a few more innings out of this. Maybe we could get you know a starting pitcher out of this. It just becomes the reality comes and smacks them in the face sooner than later. Do you agree that Shohei Otani is the most exciting player in baseball? Like that's a common thing now. I feel like every time he hits a home run, has to be mentioned. Otani, look at this. No, it's, for, it's, Fernando Tatis, an hour. it's Fernando Tatis Jr. is the most exciting player in baseball. Hands down. Scott, earlier you kind of joked that the Yankees are back to their ways of only scoring via the home run. That's what happened on Saturday. They won the game. That's what happened on Sunday. They lost the game. It is still a concern, though, that even though they did take three out of four, they're hitting more home runs. Great. Boone talking about banging. Like, this is, this is how this team is going to win a lot of games. But you also... I guess for the Shane Bieber start, you, you throw it out because he's so good. It's like, okay, if all you could muster is two solo home runs off Shane Bieber, fine. But this guy, McKenzie today, especially early in the game, all over the place. And they left the bases loaded in the first inning, couldn't get a hit. So it's just, it's like, yeah, they, they scored the three runs on home runs, but they had opportunities to score far more. They did. They were not executing like they, they should have. We still got guys up and down the lineup with massive slumps. I mean, at this point, your left fielder is who? Because there's not anybody who is is uh, playing worth a damn besides Clint Frazier making Superman catches in the outfield. 
Um, but Brett Gardner at this point, like that argument, it doesn't mean it does. It means nothing at this point. You're, you're lefty righty. You know, it's not like uh, any one of these guys are playing well. He's Talkman's one for his last really twenty. Well, yeah. So Gardner is. So yeah, of course these guys still have to get going. You know, we got some. Uh, Stanton looks like he's getting back on. I mean, he hit the hardest ball in 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 baseball this year. I'm sorry, every year he hits. Hour. Every year he hits the hardest ball. But but it was a ground ball to the second base side. It was a base hit. That's my point. Like he's he's making better contact. He's not just you know going for moon shoes and trying to hit the ball to to uh, you know into outer space. He's making good contact. We're starting to see that uh, the mix up in the lineup a little bit. Throwing Stanton in that two spot. Judging the three, like it's fine. You know, again, we we talked about this the last. Like, does it matter at this point? No, we just got to get these guys going again. Just get these guys going cool. again. Mix it up and keep going. It's fine. I don't care. Whatever. Don't works. you think that's the reason they're having Stanton in the two spot is to try to get him going? Of course, absolutely. There's no doubt. You know, he's uh, he's got Judge behind him now, which is a little bit more protection than anybody else in the lineup. So yeah, you're you're theoretically getting better pitches at that point. So yes, I like that. When Stanton hit the 57, 59 home runs, whatever it was with the Marlins, he hit second that year. Cool. If that's what we got to do to get him going again, hit him second. I don't care. I just want to see production. If that's what yeah, it takes, I, then then please do it. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. I don't I don't really care either. Because if, if Stanton's hitting and Judge is hitting, like doesn't matter if they're 2-3, three, 3-4, three, whatever it is, it's like fine by me. It's just, uh, it's been three games in a row. I don't know. Maybe I think he's going to stick with it for a while. Ride it out. See how it goes. I think at this point you uh, he should he should absolutely let's I mean there's no when you actually have something working relatively well compared to the rest of the season go with that and and, and ride that out and try to try to get some uh, try to get some momentum there do you think DJ LeMahieu is not going to complain about it Judge is not going to complain about it there's there's not very many people that will so uh, I think it's a good thing you mentioned we don't know who the left fielder is Clint Frazier is uh, obviously not the starter anymore. He's in a platoon. Brett Gardner's one for his last 21. Mike Talkman was out there today. But um, I think Clint Fraser is just not being aggressive enough early in counts. He's taking way too many quality strikes. Just looking at the pitches, not just for strike threes, which he's done a number of times, but it's just he's always 0-1-0-2. He's just taking, he's taking pitches in the middle of the plate early in the zone. And maybe he wants to be more, more uh, patient Maybe he listened to you about his 396 on-base percentage and he thinks he needs to be an on-base guy. But I'm, I think of him as an aggressive in the zone guy. Same with Glaber Torres. Aggressive in the zone. Swing at good pitches and you're going you're gonna to do damage. I don't want you walking. I want you swinging the bat and making hard contact, Clint. Same goes for Glaber Torres. Be aggressive at good pitches. Yeah, I totally agree. He's definitely falling behind staring, staring way too much at, the, at fastballs over the middle. I mean, like the middle of the plate. Uh, early in the count. So yeah, agreed. He needs to be more aggressive. He needs to use that, that, you know, that, that bat speed early in the count, because what's happening is he is getting down and he's, he's even still at that point looking at pitches because he's not seeing the ball. Well, he's just, I I don't know what that is, but he doesn't look comfortable up there. Um, And if it's, if it's because he's, you know, being too, um, uh, too non-aggressive in the beginning and the, and he's trying to work the count and get better pitches. It's not working. So he needs to go back to the instincts, go back to, uh, you know, attacking, just like you're saying. Um, O'Neill was talking about him uh, over the weekend, just about mechanically looking like he's a little out front. Um, so that very well could be. I think for him, he's got so much ability to stay back uh, because of his bat speed and because of his, his wrists. Uh, 
he should be staying back on the ball and being able to um, make adjustments. And he's definitely not doing that right now. So I, I don't know what, I think at some point we're going to see him just come out, come out just like gangbusters. And, and once you, once he starts seeing the ball, well, um, he's going to be uh, lighting the world on fire, but has not happened yet. Still, we're still waiting on that. And he keeps getting, you know, to Boone's credit, we've been shitting on Boone all year long. I'll give him some credit, at least in my eyes. I like the moves, the, you know, the, the pinch hitting Frazier, even when he's not struggling, when he's struggling and you're, and you're, you're getting a guy in there for a different look. It's a different type of situation, which could help a guy. I think, especially a, a guy like Frazier, like I'm, I'm fine throwing him into a pressure situation, even if he's struggling in a pinch hitting spot. Cause to me, yeah, it just changes Gardner's it up a little bit. not giving you good at bats right now. Yeah, it so. doesn't matter. It doesn't but, matter. But and like, you know, you people can, are looking at that, looking at his numbers and like, why are we putting a guy that that's, you know, one for the look century at the guy who's there. up right now? It's like, yeah, everybody around them is trash <laughs> when you're looking at the, uh, the, the streaks and, and where they are in their current, um, and their, you know, their, their last 30 at bats might as well throw him into a different situation. See if the, the, the different type of pressure can help him out. Who knows? Little, oh, yeah. little mix ups the, like that is a good thing. I liked the pinch hitting. what did you think of? Boone's move to pinch run Talkman for Clint Frazier on a three-two count. The three-two count, I don't like understand. What, I don't get it. Like, if you're going to pinch, first of all, is Mike Talkman that much faster than Clint Frazier? Where him running on a three-two, he's better pitch, on the bases. He's not faster. He's better on the bases. He's a better okay, base runner. I, I agree. So then, why yeah. not pinch run him to start? Because he's going to go in for defense anyway. So right. if he's that much better on the base paths, why yeah. not pinch run him on a zero-zero count? Because he forgot. Okay. Because <laughs> he forgot. Okay. He's like, Moving oh shit. On. Yo, get, yo, get, get Talkman out there. Three, two Talk count. We, still, may, we, may, can, we can still Talk, do this. We can still do this. He needed to tie his shoes and like he wasn't ready. And by the three, two pitch, he, he was able to get out there. It's just like, maybe Talkman uh, reminded him. He's like, mm, maybe I shouldn't remind him that he told me I was going to run for him if he gets on base. It's like the little league kid. Like, um, coach, you said I was going to run for Flint. <laughs> everyone has to get to in the game. Remember, I got my helmet. I'm ready to go. Got my helmet. Do you remember back in the day in your backyard? I don't know if you either of you did this, but you would practice diving catches. Did you? Did you I would that? never practice diving catches. Oh, I would. I would throw the I ball up. Go ahead, Bo. I, I would practice on my couch. I'd like, I'd like oh, yeah. run and jump like a diving catch on my couch, and yeah. that's how I got a lot of my reps in. I would, nice. I would throw the ball up in the in the, in the backyard, and I would run and I would dive for the ball and catch it and. Yeah, I just mangled my knees. But that's, I feel like, what Clint Frazier has done his entire life. Superman diving catches. And, like, he practices, how do I look the coolest while diving for a baseball? And do you remember O'Neal talking on the broadcast when Clint Frazier was diving for a ball and he said he dives unorthodox in the sense that he dives right at the ball with his shoulders square? Yes. When a lot of guys will dive, like, off a little bit so you get, like, a different angle to it. But Frazier's just like, I'm going like he's diving into a pool, shoulders square to the ball. Let's go, baby. I'm just going to land on my stomach on the ground and it's going to look awesome. <laughs> I feel like that's Clint Frazier's goal is I want this to look awesome. I don't care if I catch it. It's going on social media. He's yeah, all about no, swag. It's the swag. There's no doubt about it. Clint Frazier has that uh, in the back of his mind. He's got he's to gotta look good. And to his credit, he's practiced well. The shit looks good. That shit looks good. <laughs> it looks like Superman flying through the air. And some of them are very unnecessary. Definitely has, oh, a, yeah. he's definitely an unnecessary diver at times, especially coming in on a ball of like, bro, you could have caught that That's probably around your knees. Yeah. And, and those are the ones that they're definitely O'Neill is talking about where he squares up to it there because 
he doesn't actually need to, but he knows he knows just what to do to like make it look like it's maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but it looked good. So that's good. That's fine. Look, I can't say anything about Clint Frazier's defense after he made everybody shut the F up last year. Uh, after he couldn't catch a ball in right field, pouted about it, left the stadium, didn't want to talk. Maybe it was a better move for him to not talk than to talk, to be honest. But ever since then, 2020, the man showed up. So I give him a lot of credit and uh, I give him a 10, a 10 on his dives. So what are we, what are we, what are they going to do in the outfield? Cause Hicks didn't play today cause he's sore back. Like this could be one day or it could be a hundred days. Who, who knows with Aaron Hicks, like man hits a home run and it's like, oh, pulled, pulled my back muscle on the home run. But what are they going to do now? Cause Gardner's not playing. He's not having good at bats. So just, just give Clint a shot to work out of this, right? Like, don't you have to just give him the rest of the road trip, start him all four games, get him 20 at bats. And just be like, hopefully he snaps out of this. Like, I, I'm sorry, Gardner's going to be there. He's going to be there. I don't need him to snap out of it. He'll he'll be fine as the fourth outfielder. I need Cliff yeah. Fraser to snap out of it. I mean, I still agree to this point. I still I still don't like the fact that they're not allowing him to work through it. I mean, I understand at some point you have to see something else, right? You have to you have to mix it up and see something else because it's been as bad as a, as it as it has been with with him. But unfortunately, it's everybody else too. So yes, you're going. You're playing Baltimore and Detroit. These are two very, very good opportunities to, to see, you know, pitching that's not going to be better than league average, uh, you know, means I'd say is a, is above league average potentially, but everybody else, Matt Harvey on Monday night. Yeah. I mean, come on, we, we need to, we need to get some red thunder going up against the dark night and see what happens here. And I think it's a great opportunity for him to, uh, hopefully feel good. Glaber, great opportunity for him to, to get his, uh, his, his ticket. And the mayoral mayoral candidate back uh, in in Baltimore, he's uh, he's owned Baltimore. This is a place that the Yankees need to hit. Um, so yeah, this is a great opportunity, and I and I do have that. I do not want to see Brett Gardner hitting in Camden Yards. I want to see everybody else. Yeah, yeah, because Gardner's going to be Gardner for the rest of the year, and he's going to. Uh, it's just it's just not worth getting him at bats right now. Bra- breaking news! Breaking news! Oh, what do we got? Uh, Miguel Andujar has been reinstated from the 10-day injured list and is now optioned to the alternate site. Uh, okay. Luke Voigt also was, is, is uh, back at the alternate site, right? So we got some, got some sticks coming. Yeah, some I, figure, sticks coming. I figure they're going to wait to get Andujar. I don't, so May 4th is when the AAA season starts. I yep. think both of those players are going to get a, at least, I mean, Voigt will have maybe three games rehab, but I think Andujar, they're going to give him at least two weeks before they call him up, unless we have another bad injury, right? I mean, they're they're playing spring training. Uh, they're playing games against other teams right now too. So oh, I, they're yeah, getting they're, they're active. Yeah, they're getting active games. at bats. But that's, that's, that's an active at bat. You're going against somebody. I mean, shit. They were throwing at, at uh, Florio the other day. I saw, and um, I think it was Connor Foley's tweet. Uh, they're playing games, so I don't think it needs to go along with the uh, you know with the start of the season necessarily. I think they're getting active reps that are good enough for sure. So it would not surprise me if if Andujar was was up at some point in the near future if he got a few at bats and felt good. He's a he's a guy that I want in the lineup soon. If if they're still struggling, if this continues, like that's a guy that goes bat to ball. Like that's a that's a good person to have in the lineup. Yeah, where does he play? I don't know. We'll figure that out. No, but no, seriously, where does he play? Because stands the DH, uh, stands the DH. Then uh, would not be surprised if they put Andujar in left field for a, a day. 
Would not be surprised if they flexed over Geo to short, put Anduar third. I don't know how many. It depends, I guess, what kind of reps he's getting down in the alternate side as well. You know, where are they? Where are they thinking he's going to be contributing potentially on defense? Because he's got to get some reps. So if it's in the outfield, if you can hide him in left field, then then do it. Okay. Indulge me for two seconds. Five starts for Garrett Cole. Higgy four catching appearances against with Cole Sanchez one. So the opening day was just for show and Higgy's his personal catcher. Moving on. Jordan Montgomery. I thought that Aaron Boone was going to let Jordan Montgomery pitch through the fifth inning, but he went to Licky, another lefty, taking out a lefty for another lefty. Fine. I think uh, Monty had 89 pitches. Most of those came or not most, but he had a long first inning, but uh, I don't know. I I, I thought he was going to let him work through it. He didn't. What'd you think of that move to pull him? I was surprised. Uh, Montgomery was surprised. Montgomery was pissed. He he definitely wanted to get. Um, there were two outs in the inning, weren't there? Yeah. He, yeah. So he needed one more out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you bring in, you bring in another lefty as well. Yep. It's uh, interesting. You know, not 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 the most encouraging start. I would have liked to see Boone stay with him, allowed him to get that out. He was he was going much better at that point. And also, you know, after after the the horrible beginning, after the horrible start, uh, he fought back and pitched well. I think and and showed you know showed that moxie, showed that exactly what you want to see from a three four guy, and uh, and to not allow him to get that that out because he would have gotten the win as well. It's just I don't know. It's it's it, it's uh, if I'm Montgomery, it's that's not. I'm not, I don't have the confidence of my, uh, of my manager to get that final out after I've battled back at this point to get the win or, you know, to at least uh, qualify for a win here. I think that matters with some of these guys. And I, and I, you know, well, I think should. that, that Boone, Boone should have stayed with him. It worked. It worked, but, but I think uh, taking Cole out of the equation. So we're talking about the rest of the starting pitchers, unless it's going perfectly for them, they're not going to push them through anything. It has to go perfectly for them to pitch five or six innings. Like no runners on base, not a close game, low pitch count, not third time through the order. Like all the stars have to align for a starting pitcher, not named Garrett Cole to go six innings or even into the fifth inning. I mean, into the fifth inning is a stretch, but yeah, it, I mean, I, I'd, what are you I'd talking about? Into the most, most of their starts this year for all these guys are less than five innings. Do you realize that? Like Kluber hasn't pitched into the fifth inning. Uh, Tyon pitched into the fifth inning once. He pitched four innings today. Montgomery pitched six innings w- into the sixth inning once, but he's had he pitched into starts. the seventh, didn't he? Didn't Montgomery pitch into the seventh for one of his starts? Uh, okay, maybe, but like, it's it's not a couple. It's a lot of like four and a third, four. Montgomery's and the guy. Montgomery's the guy behind that that I that I think has the ability to go much deeper into games. And when you see him struggle as much as he did, and then fight back, I. I want him leaving feeling good as well. And he, I, I thought he deserved to try to get that last out. I, I, I'm totally with you. Uh, and I thought, I thought that that was the, I thought that was the time that he was going to let him do it because he talked to him. Normally Boone will just immediately signal for the, well, he could pin. tell that he was pissed. You could tell the look, I mean, he was shoving his, his glove in his face. He was not happy about it. What is that conversation? I mean, it was just a, he was, he was just giving him some attaboys is what it was. Like, this isn't you. I don't know whatever the bullshit that Boone is saying, but he's trying to attaboy him. Like one, it doesn't matter what, you know, one, uh, the stats don't matter. You, you fought back proud of you, blah, 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 blah. We're going to have Lucas get this last out. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. David I don't think Cohn, you can get this last out. David Cohn has talked about how he he could talk Joe Torre into leaving him into games. And I just yeah. feel like there's there's not that anymore in the game. Right? Like, um, it's, it's Garrett, happened, Garrett Cole's not it. talking Boone into leaving him in the game. Garrett Cole is dictating that he's, you know what I'm ta- saying? Like, like Cole's what about when like, Paxton, yeah. what about when Paxton stayed in the game in the, in the, uh, what game See, was that? I, I, that was the playoff game. I think that was Boone's decision before he even walked out of the dugout. He was just trying to get the rise of the crowd. Yeah. I think that was all, that was all state. That was not state. That was all for show. That was all showmanship. It worked. I th- I think if there was any decision, hyped if there's me, any question, so 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 big, I was so hyped, and then and then my and then my throat was in my nuts because how, that ball uh, was it looked like it was gone. How sad is it that the most hype moment of that playoff run was leaving a pitcher in <laughs> longer than we thought he was going to be left in? That's Yankees baseball, baby. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. And it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash bronx21. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash bronx21. Next up, we've got Bob, the interns segment, our favorite segment of the Monday episode. Take it away, Bob. All right. This week, we got a bit of a different one. So this week's segment is called On the Fence. And basically, I've come up with four over-unders or player-versus-player picks for you guys to make for the upcoming week. 
And I'll also be posting a poll on Twitter so everyone else can partake as well. If we so do the these one, like throughout, hold on. If we do these throughout the season, like you got to keep tally of who yeah. wins. I, oh, I'm definitely going to. Okay. I'm making a document. <laughs> so the first one, the first one is, will the Yankees win over or under four and a half games throughout the week, which includes a four game series against the O's and a three game series against the Tigers? I'll go first. I, I, I think they, they will and have to win over four and a half games. And that's a three, that's, that's three out of four against Baltimore and that's two out of three against Detroit. Anything less than those two is a huge disappointment against these bad teams. Smash the over. I need some air horns. Smash the over. They're going to dominate the Orioles. They're going to, and they're going to dominate the Tigers. Definitely over. You've got one more loss. You realize. I know I have one more loss. That's why we're going to sweep. Okay. Uh, so cool. The next, the next one is: Will the Yankees score over or under twenty-seven and a half runs by the end of the weekend? So both series combined, combine all the runs the Yankees have scored. Is it going to be twenty-eight or more? So I'll go uh, first this time. That's okay. four. That's four per game, right? Seven games. My yes. math tw- is twenty-eight. Yeah, I'm smashing the over again. Pew, pew, you're you're smashing confident smashing that over? Smashing the over. We're going to Camden Yards. Are you kidding me? If we don't score that, if we don't score. F- 40 runs is going to be a disappointment. Okay. Uh, I will, I will take the under on this just because I'm not super confident and I want to be, I want to be different so we can have some, some, uh, actual Good. you want to be wrong. I'm glad you did that. I but I, that. I just don't know why you're like, what has this offense shown you that you're they're You're confident they're going to score consistently. They've started to hit home runs and they're going to Camden yards. That's it. Okay. Keep in yeah, mind I mean, too, the Yankees not, are average. Uh, uh, I'm not confident in my pick. I just don't think you should be as confident in your pick. Don't tell me. Don't 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 talk to me about my confidence level. It's high. It's very high. Would you, Bob? Right, you were so, going to say the average of the 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 game uh, the score the runs per per game. Yeah, the Yanks are averaging around three and a half runs per game so far. Right. So that's and that's, gonna, that's less than twenty eight. Yeah, they've been terrible. So. It's a matter of if if the offense will kick continue to kick up or or not. I mean, Kicking if you're telling me, pitching. yeah, they they they'll probably have a game or two in Baltimore where they score like like a ton of runs, but then I'm also not so sure they're not going to have a game where they score one run. Okay, we'll see what happens. See what happens. We will see what happens. So the next one is: Who do you think will record more hits this week, Aaron Judge or DJ LeMahieu? I said this last week and you you just poo-pooed me, Scott. DJ LeMahieu has not looked good. He's not looking good. He's rolling over on balls to the shortstop and, and the third baseman. He's hitting soft ground balls. He doesn't look good. Okay, so what's your answer? Uh, I will say that Aaron Judge will have more hits this week than DJ LeMahieu. Oh, this, DJ is, going LeMahieu this is going great to, for me. He needs to snap out of it, but I haven't seen anything for him to snap out of it. So far this year, Judge is hitting 266, DJ's 259. And and DJ's hits have it's been a lot of dribblers in the infield that have gone for hits for him. Okay. Um, DJ LeMahieu all day. DJ LeMahieu is the right answer, is the correct answer. Give me one reason why. Because DJ LeMahieu is the uh the the batting champion. That's why. And okay, we're playing what the, about um, let me remind you again, we're playing the Orioles and the Tigers. It, at Aaron Judge murders the Orioles. You're right. He does. He's he's, he's going to have more RBIs probably. He'll probably drive in more runs. The production will be there for sure. 
are DJ you, will be a run score. Are you uh, at least admitting that DJ has not looked good? Yeah, I've said this. I think it's an early slump for DJ LeMahieu. I'm not worried about it at all, like at all. Not even a little, tiny, tiny, even a little bit. And I think Aaron Judge is, yeah, absolutely will will feast. But I think this is going to be a, this is going to be a, a a team feast in Camden Yards. Nice. So the last one is who will record more strikeouts? Debbie Garcia, who is starting tomorrow against the O's, or Corey Kluber, who is expected to take the mound on Tuesday. This is so I'll go first on this one. Um, I'm I'm taking Devi Davy Garcia because I don't think Kluber is getting a lot of strikeouts at all. I mean, he's just not. He's not. He's not looking like he's uh, uh he's he missing many bats. bats. He's not confusing yeah. guys. It's Davy Garcia because uh you know I think he's going to be fired up. They haven't really seen him. I don't know if he's gotten a start against the Orioles or not. It's been a minute, but Davy Garcia. I think it's uh probably by two or three. Here's the only thing with Garcia. It's like, are they going to actually let him start or is he opening? Yeah, that's the only difference. If I'm, I'm screwed if obviously he's not throwing, you know, four to five innings. <laughs> if no, he I get, agree. If, if, he's, if he's on level playing field here and he's able to start a game like a, you know, a normal pitcher, then, then yes, he's going to have more strikeouts. I think that Garcia is the right answer, but I also would not be shocked if Garcia is a one time through the order opener. Yeah, it's just tough for me to see that against the Baltimore Orioles, man. It's like if they do that shit, it's it's pretty ridiculous. He's stretched out. Is he is he not? He's stretched out. Yeah, he's, he's threw, ready to go. He's thrown like 80 pitches. Okay. That's stretched out to me. That's not that's not an opener. That's not a guy that you're gonna you're gonna go out and and you know waste for an inning or two. That's not what that is. This is a guy that they need to start. I hope, I hope so. But you know them and their chicanery with these with these bullpen opener situations. It's like every time you think we have them figured out, they do something silly. So what are you picking? Are you picking? Kluber I already said or are you I'm picking, picking. I already said I'm picking Debbie Garcia, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's an opener situation with Garcia, and that that could negate it. Although he could still pitch, he could still pitch one inning, strike out three, and Kluber ends up with two strikeouts because the dude's not missing bats right now. Yeah, that's true. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's do mailbags, Bob. Take it away again. So I, yeah, so this, this week Bob, I did. I'm, I'm splitting them up with you, man. I, I, I see the amount of text that's happening in these in these mailbags, and I appreciate that from everybody who's listening. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave you on an island like this, though. I'm gonna help you out. Yeah, I mean, I also disabled my Siri this week, so there shouldn't be any Siri problem going to my ear. Um, I'll, I'll read the first one though. It's from it's from Sean. He said, "Hope you hope you guys are doing well outside of the Gong Show. That is the New York Yankees." I came to a revelation recently, and it is the Yankees' business model seems to revolve around being consistently good, but never really great. Even in the years where they've made made the postseason, they almost always run into a team who either has a better lineup, pitching staff, or both. The defense I've heard from fans is that the Yankees are trying to win multiple championships instead of just one. What some fans that defend the Yankees for this process don't understand is that it it only works if you have a constant pipeline through your minor league system that prevents you from having to extend players like Aaron Hicks, who throughout his career has has been no better than okay. Therefore, there was no way for the, Yan- the Yankees could guarantee themselves a long window of success unless the player's development was on point. They don't have a young core anymore, and even the youngest position player on the team, Glaber Torres, has shown no signs of regression. It would Has have, shown signs it, of regression. Or has shown signs of regression, yeah. 
it would have been nice for them to go with a heightened urgency in 2018-2019 because the team seems worse now than it was then. I know it's only 15 games, but I feel like it's the start of a decline and decay of a new age group of Yankees, and I'm very depressed thinking about it. Are my thoughts and feelings valid, or should I stay off the weed? I don't think Sean's wrong in the sense that the team feels like it's declined from 18-19. But, you know, there's a couple of things here. They they exceeded expectations. I've talked about expectations a thousand times here, but with in 17, they weren't 16 even when they when a lot of these guys came up, they weren't supposed to do what they did. 17, they weren't supposed to they weren't supposed to go as far as they went. I mean, they were damn near uh, you know, they actually were close to the World Series at that point. So when you start to see regression, certainly it's it's happened in the postseason, right? We haven't gotten as far as they got in 2017. So there's there is an actual regression on the team level. If you look at if you look at um, just what you've accomplished in the playoffs, because that's what matters. So certainly there's regression. And yes, they're getting older. You're not seeing the same, the same uh, numbers that you've seen from uh, these guys in their first couple of years. Uh, so I think that there's there was an expectation that these guys were going to just after 17, just take off and, and win multiple championships at that point. And I think that was not a, a wrong thing to think either, because when you have a bunch of young guys who also had won in the minor leagues together. They had that, like the Kumbaya. There was a lot of, a lot of good synergy happening. Um, construction felt good in 17 with some of the older veterans as well. Going into 18, you felt like they had the, the, the experience. They felt like they, you know, they were able to take that next step and it's just not happened. It's just not happened. So yeah, th- it, these are very natural feelings and, and definitely this two-year window where we're going to have to start re-signing guys with Boone and then Cashman also, it's important. It's an important window. Yeah, and these are the years that we're supposed to be Glaber Torres blossoming, blossom, blossoming into a superstar. And he's seemingly regressing. I know it's early yeah. for him, but he had a bad 2020. And it's just like, we're supposed to see him taking off, not flattening out. Definitely. I mean, I think that, that goes across with, uh, with a few guys. I mean, Aaron Judge, uh, you know, so far this year, so good, but hasn't been able to stay on the field. Stanton has regressed based on the, the the guy that we thought we were getting. We know what Gary Sanchez has quickly regressed. on Stanton. People were disappointed with his 2018. Do you realize he played 150 games, hit 38 home runs and had a, like a, or d- how many home runs did he hit? He had a 138 WRC plus. Um, it just like, he had a great season in 2018. It just yeah. wasn't MVP and people were like disappointed. And now look where he is. It's crazy. Well, I, I think I'm not even speaking about 2018, but more so, you know, kind of where he is. And I think the expectations for him still are massive, right? I mean, we're, 30 we know the end runs. of that contract is going to be dog shit and we're going to be eating horrible. Either he's not going to be playing, he's not going to be on the team or, uh, and, or the Yankees are just going to be, you know, doing, doing what they did with A-Rod and, and, and eating the money. He um, played 158 games. A lot of them were at DH, but a good amount of them were also in the field. He hit 38 home runs. He had 100 RBIs. He scored 100 runs. He had 4.3 WAR and a 128 WRC plus. Okay, like that is an all-star caliber player. And mm-hmm. since then, he can't stay on the field. He can't make contact with pitches. He hasn't produced anything more than 0.4 WAR in a season, and he can't play the field. So, what happened? I don't know. That's that's the that's kind of the point here. Do you have the superstar guys with long contracts? And then you have the younger guys who who are getting into those 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 meat years where you're supposed to get really good value because of arbitration, 
and you don't have to sign them yet. And they're just not taking advantage of those years. And that's a problem. That's, that's, that's what needed to happen. That's how you bolster. That's how you make a run and you get multiple championships. Can't do it when they're all, you know, ready for a contract because it's just not going to happen. All right. You want me to read Duncan? Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I can, I can get this one. Hey guys, uh, this is from Duncan. Hey guys, I'm a UK Yankees fan who recent, who really started following in 2017 mm, so easy, after taking it? in a game at the stadium. Being a, a, a fairly recent covert, I convert. don't always understand some of the thinking in baseball, especially behind the scenes. I'm a lifelong soccer fan supporting Aston Villa via, totally butchered that, I'm sure, uh, in the English Premier League, also followed by Prince William Tom Hanks and the janitor from Harry Potter. Did not know that. And I can't help relating the Yankees to current situation to any of the top soccer teams where the managers take the fall for consistent underperformance. Boone would no longer be in a job having three full seasons with limited success, playing tactics, which clearly aren't working and having a roster, which he doesn't seem to know how to deploy in the best way. The team as a whole looks out of form negative and seems totally unable to motivate themselves. A soccer phrase is he has lost the dressing room, which would be the clubhouse (laughs) lost the dressing room. They are not playing for him. They're they not playing for him. He would be gone in a shot. Uh, would would it not be best for the Yankees organization to make the change now so that they have a different mindset coming in with uh, at the top with new energy, new processes, uh, and to re-energize the players? We've talked about this a lot. It's just think about the Yankees since 1996. Okay, Boone is the third manager since 1996. That is incredible consistency in your manager. Teams do not do that. Even successful teams do not have managers that last a decade plus. The Red Sox have churned through managers. The Mets go through like nine managers every three and a half years. Other teams are hiring and firing guys. Even um, I think the only other kind of organization you can compare it to is the Angels because Mike Sosha was there for just forever. Uh, but they they only won one championship so under Mike Sosha. So I, I just think the Yankees, after George Steinbrenner stopped making all the decisions, the new Steinbrenners, uh, Hal, Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman, they believe you need consistency at the top instead of volatility at the top. I'm not saying they're wrong, but I'm also not saying they're right. You know, sometimes you have to you have to cut the cord when you think it's the right time to cut the cord. I'm not and I think with Boone, if if he doesn't win this year. If, if they flame out in the playoffs again, meaning they don't win the pennant, okay? If they get to the World Series, you're not moving on from them. But if they don't win the pennant again, and it's the same old shit with this team, I think you seriously have to consider moving on because you don't have long with this team where you have to win a World Series. And Boone but might just not be the guy. Yeah, so I'm going to read Lee Jones's uh, uh, bail bag too because it goes right into this. He said, hey guys, uh, that includes you too, Bob. See, here we go. I love the inclusive. Let's go, I here. love it. I know that this is sheer fantasy, but indulge me. If the Yankees were to fire Boone and uh, and you could replace him with whomever you wanted, no restrictions whatsoever, who would you replace him with? So my dad. Let's let's play it out. Besides your dad, uh, besides R- Roastmaster Rick, who are you making? Look, I I have a hard time. Hard to come up with names. Well, I, I, think- I, I have a name, but it's not one. If if I'm looking around the league, I'm not I'm not pulling somebody off. So he said no restrictions, but I'm gonna I'm gonna change the game a little bit. Someone who could be realistic, uh, you know, coming in, you you change the game for what the Yankees are doing. I think you go back to a guy that can, yes, motivate, but also has 
um, the ability and proven that he can win as well, who has shown that. Uh, I think that the relatability could still be there even with this guy. Um, my guy is Willie Randolph, who deserves another shot in the major leagues. Yankee ties. He's been out of the game a long time. He's been out of the time. game a long time, but he's also one that that is, he's not so so ingrained in the old school ways. How do you, you know, know that? Because he's, I've heard him talk about, I, 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 he will, and, and to be to be very clear, anybody who comes into the Yankees organization is going to have to have a some capacity and, and be able to use the analytics and use them in the game and be able to um, use them appropriately deemed by the Yankees if they felt comfortable in that way, which again, I could, Will, Willie Randolph is a student of the game. It would not surprise me if he, if he would adapt a lot of the different things uh, in, in certain ways. But he's a guy that that people love. You know, the the Yankee fans, um, uh, I think, have a, a very good relationship with Willie Randolph. Players, f- I, I think, have a good relationship with Willie Randolph. He's a, a Yankee guy. Just if the, if there's one 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 name that would excite me, it would be him. So the Red Sox and the and he deserves both. another goddamn chance too. I don't know what after the Mets job. I, I just I, think it might be too long. I think he's been out of the game so long they've just forgotten about. There's just too many. I mean, other I don't think he's I think he, I think he was. Not not put up for managerial jobs for some reason. I don't know why. The Yankees and the Red Sox both hired new managers in 2018. Cora with the Red Sox, Boone with the Yankees. What was the key difference there? Is that Cora had in dugout experience, right? In and dugout think, experience, but not managerial experience. Okay, but in dugout experience, being a bench coach yeah. on on a, on a on a major league Houston. team. Yeah. No, I know that. It, that's that. I think goes a long way. Boone came out of the ESPN booth. Okay. They're also very different types of managers also. I mean, you can't, My it's hard point to compare is that at all. I think it's hard to give the keys to Boone. The Yankees were a Ferrari coming off the 2017 season. Okay. They gave the keys to Boone and he didn't know how to drive stick. He didn't know the simplest of things of managing baseball games. Yeah. He could relate to, to players in the clubhouse. Supposedly he apparently impressed the Yankees with his knowledge of analytics but he didn't have the most fundamental of skills, and that was managing baseball game experience. And that's important. Just because you played baseball, just because you've called baseball, just because you watch baseball, just because you play MLB The Show, doesn't mean you can manage a baseball game and manage a baseball team. Yeah, so let me ask you a question. And I don't even remember talking about this, but and to me, it's a very dumb question when you think about it. But isn't teaching someone the ability to say yes or no to the nerds who would prepare everything in the analytics side of it easier to, to learn and to like rally around than actual baseball experience and like the things that you need to only learn from being there and, and it being in situations like the analytical side of, of baseball. A lot of it is given to you. You don't have to know it. It's just given to you. Yeah, but you still have to make decisions in games. Okay. So, so you know that they're coming, you know, I mean, this is a, this is something that can be learned very, I, I think pretty quickly. I don't think this is something that, that needs to be. How many uh, times have we seen Aaron Boone make really questionable managerial decisions? I'm talking about tactical game situation. We just talked right. about one. That's what, forgot that's my point. Pinch, my, my, he forgot my point to is it's run easier the other way. It's easier the other way is my point. In-game stuff is hard. So to, you're agreeing hard, with me? I, yes, I'm, no, I'm saying that I don't know why we're looking at a guy that can no analytics as well because he's getting somebody can learn that Willie Randolph can learn that the nerds will hand him the same spreadsheets, but that see, Boone is getting the analytics. People fear that if you hire a quote unquote baseball man, he's going to deny the analytics and go rogue and make the gut decisions that they don't want them to be making. 
Right. And that's where that happy medium needs to come in. But my point is you can still have the influence of the analytics, even with a baseball guy. That can happen. If the guy is open to it, if he's not open to it, then sure, you make a decision there. But you can certainly go the other way, have an older guy with the baseball uh, acumen and then have them, you know, adjust a bit for the analytics. That's the better approach, in my opinion. All right. I want to quickly like, What's Tony read- LaRusso doing right now in the dugout? I have no He's getting spreadsheets that- handed to him. Asinine higher by them. All right. Quickly read Johnny just for a flip side on this. Hey guys, love the show. I need help understanding why with all the calls for Boone's head, no one is talking about getting rid of Cashman. I'm not a quote in Cashman. We trust guy. It seems like he gets as much wrong as right. Luke Voigt is great, but after four years of a revolving door of tryouts at first base, he finally hit one. Why does he get so much credit for it? He's had a top three payroll to work with for years with only one championship of his own. And that team still had the core four. Over the offseason, everyone knew the Yankees needed to get better defensively, diversify the lineup, and acquire a number two starting pitcher behind Cole. I know it's early, but he pretty clearly failed on all of those things. Add in the Debbie Hap nonsense in game two versus the Rays, Hicks batting third, Nelson as the recent last minute opener, and things are not, uh, he's not running things well. How come his job is so safe? Please help me understand why he never gets any heat. I mean, certainly he gets less heat than Aaron Boone, but I think he's he gets his fair share of heat for how this line, how this roster is constructed. The fact that they don't have a backup shortstop, the fact that they're all right-handed, the fact that they have no diversity in the lineup, that the fact that they haven't been able to develop or assemble a starting rotation for 10 years. I think he gets heat. Yeah. So these next two years are really important. I think for Cashman's legacy, to be honest, I think that if if we're not walking out with a championship, if he doesn't win another one on his uh, on his side of uh, of these guys, if if these guys don't get one under his uh, under his watch, then it's going to be a pretty big failure. It really is. It's going to be. We're going to look and see him very differently. I think that's a. I think I think he's got to have Boone have success, or we're going to look at him very differently. All right, Bob, you read the last one from JT. Actually, there's a few more after that I just want to quickly mention, but I found JT's very funny. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, so JT said, I've gotten to the point where this team, where ev- with this team where everything they do annoys me, even the seemingly innocuous. Literally the way they all walk back to the dugout after putting up non-competitive at-bat after at-bat. Am I alone in this? What are some things they can do They do that bother you guys? Man- AKA like mannerism, facial expressions. Go Yanks, that's what he said. But not these guys. They are a disgrace. That's but, the continuation. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just love that because this. I think this mailbag came in after the the Thursday loss, or excuse me, after the Wednesday loss to Atlanta, and I, we were all at this point where it's just like just looking at their faces annoyed you because that's how bad yeah. they were. So yeah. it's just like, what, is there anything when they're going bad? Like, like I just can't watch Boone like do the the sleeve thing like over and over again while he's just like staring and then like pinching his mask and moving it. It's like you're are you even paying attention, Boone? Like there's a guy on first base, he needs to be pinch run for. Are you even paying attention? Matt Blake, Matt Blake drives me nuts because he's I don't even I still don't know what he does. I you haven't when seen it, whenever face he's still. present, when he's present and I see him like the camera shows him, it's annoys the hell out of me. Because I'm just sitting there like this, this guy literally has no idea what he's doing. He's walking out. Nobody wants to talk to him when he's coming out there. Like, they're like, come on, Matt, what, what are you doing? They're not even, they're calling him Marty. They're, they're calling him the different name because they're, he, he's probably getting stuffed in a locker. He, he just annoys the, his face annoys me. And then, and then at that, to the, to JT's point, it's totally true. 
you start looking for everything at that point. And it's not that you're looking for it. It just affects you. It just, oh, it yeah. just goes into your vision every, and then you're looking at anything that looks lackadaisical, like on any level, on any level. And I'm, I'm like, I'm screaming at the television because if it's not going well and they're not running their ass off and I can't see that they're running their ass off and then very mad afterwards, it pisses me off. If you're so when I see Boone, breath. like, or not Boone, when I see Gardner, like mad in the dugout, like that's, that's gives me some satisfaction. I actually, if you're not I, out of breath by the time you've run through first base, you didn't run hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> I tweeted out today too, Gardner, Gardner sh- striked out and he like cursed, like he like rage really quickly. And then all of a sudden he just goes right back to normal, just walking back casually, like nothing happened. And like, it, it's not even something that annoys me. It's just like, he goes from 100 to zero, like so quickly. It's just kind of yeah. funny. Yeah, it's like an instant. It's like I, I can't hold it. I can't contain it. It's like a little release valve. Get it out yeah. and then get yeah. back to uh, to try to be the, the veteran like, yep, and, and making sure everybody's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the last two, I just want to quickly, quickly uh, give shout out to. So any David, pausing? Sorry. Any pausing in the field when you feel the ball? Any delay? What are you doing? Throw the goddamn ball. Right. Those are, this is mental. Mental mistakes are the worst when you're when the team is going bad. If you're making mental mistakes on top of the physical mistakes, on top of swinging at the slider in the other batter's box, like no, con. Um, David Lee Acevedo at the Super Ace, he says on your latest on your last podcast, you were talking about whether or not the nerds have ruined baseball memories. I'm not sure if any of you guys play MLB the Show, but this year they decided to take out the clutch attribute. You were right, nerds win. I don't play MLB the Show. Bob, do you play MLB the Show? I have not. I got, I'm trying to get into it though. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get this year's. So the nerds have reached reached video games where they no longer think clutch is clutch is a thing. So that's no longer an attribute you can have as a player on MLB. It the used show. to be. It used to like the the uh, controller would like shake when when there was like a t- there was like a tight pitch and and like you could literally feel it. So they were trying to add clutch or take it away uh, from the game player, the player who's actually playing. I don't know if they do that anymore. Well. Uh, I've always said this clutch does exist because they're humans. They're not robots. They're not computer programs. So of course yeah. it exists. Anybody who thinks it doesn't exist is a moron. Yeah. Just because over the course of a season, you might have a 277, you know, whatever it is in a big moment in the ninth inning in a playoff game, you're going to be more tense because it's a bigger situation. That's just, human. or if you're not, you should be able to, that should be a thing where we identify like the fact that you can actually be ice in a moment that's huge is such a telling, such a telling, uh, you know, trait for a player. It really is because there are, I use there the are Derek definitely Jeter players example. that shit the moments. Yeah. Go look yeah, at Derek yeah. Jeter's regular season stats and his postseason stats, which his postseason stats is basically a full season or more. They're almost identical. What that tells me is that in the biggest moments against the best competition, he performs up to his awesome standard in the regular season. And not everyone can say that. All right, the last yeah, one. That's from the other Tim- thing the nerds don't say. That you're you're facing better competition in the postseason. So if you're looking at regular season numbers and purely just basing them on what you would, uh, you know, what transcribes into postseason, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. The last the mentionable goddamn sample and, sizes, and it is a homework assignment for Bob, and it's from Tim Watley. I'm assuming you don't get that reference, Bob. He definitely does not get that reference. He says, "Is it within Bob's bastard?" Is it within Bob's job description to be required to watch all Yankees-related Seinfeld episodes? Also, remember when the Yankees went 200 games without being shut out and nobody cared? Good times. And yeah, no one did really care yeah. that they went that whole streak and didn't get shut out. I, I got some shit, too, for my dad for not getting that reference. Like he, he's the Seinfeld. Good for your dad. Yeah, he, yeah. 
So I, now maybe, it, maybe we're I, gonna replace you with your dad. Yeah, maybe you <laughs> maybe you should. No, but now now I I have to get into Seinfeld now. So I'm afraid I'm that Seinfeld that to the watch list. Yeah, but I'm wondering even if you watch it, like he may not just think it's give funny. it a shot. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I was it's, watching it's some reruns be, the other day. Yeah, even if it's not funny, it just has to happen. I feel like there's a good amount just, in the late seasons. There's a good amount of Yankee stuff. So it's like so you might get a kick out of some of the Yankee stuff. But Tim Watley. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I have not. Oh Sorry, God. I'm over two now. <laughs> over two now on podcast right. so shows. Brian Cranston. You know who Brian Cranston is? The actor in the Breaking actor Bad. Brian Cranston, yeah. The actor yeah. from Breaking Bad. He was also Malcolm in the Middle's dad. Uh, a number of other things. He was Tim Watley. He was a dentist in Seinfeld. That's like one of his first acting roles in mm. in, in the biz. Was Tim yeah. Watley? Uh, I anyway. w- I wish I understood. I wish I understood. Yeah, you got it. It's on Hulu. Go watch some Seinfeld reruns. Jesus Christ. Maybe uh, I will tonight. That's 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 gonna do it for for this week's episode. Uh, you know, definitely much much better versus uh, much versus better. versus last week at at Sunday afternoon. Uh, Costanzo, not Costanza. Costanzo from from BronxPinstripes.com tweeted out after after this uh, game today. He was like, you know, everyone's saying the Yankees are back, but like they're clearly still not back. And I'm like, shit, compared to last Sunday, they look like a love child of the 1927 and 1998 Yankees because this is actually like baseball. I watched baseball this weekend. I hadn't watched baseball before that. I, I will say just quickly, because we didn't touch on it too much because the guy is, is, uh, is, is just one of these amazing feats, but Garrett Cole pitching on that, uh, on Saturday, just, just so locked in. And what is it? He's got, uh, more 10 strikeout games or, or he's right there with, uh, with, yeah. um, Tanaka and somebody else. I forget who it was, but, but, but the most, I think he's tied for the most in the season and we're in freaking, you know, we're almost in May. We're not even in May yet. So it's just, he's on another level. The guy is so meticulous. Even you, you watch, he's, he's looking at the, um, you know, the, the, the tape after the game standing there with Higgy. There's, there's definitely something there. And like, because he's, this was exactly what I was hoping for when Cole came over with Kerry Sanchez to like level up and clearly it didn't happen. Uh, and he's got that, that ability with, with Higgy, but he's a student of the game and he's so meticulous about everything. He, you got to be on his level. I, I think it's pretty difficult to be there. I would like to see next week. Cause his next start's going to come against Baltimore, right? On, on. Thursday, there's a four game series against Baltimore. So it's a he's four game series. Yeah. The fourth game against Baltimore. Like it's Baltimore. Just like have Gary Sanchez catch that one. If I'm Gary Cole, here's the other thing that, that I'm, I'm kind of expecting as well. Like Gary Cole is such a perfectionist as well that he's going to want to get right with Gary, uh, Gary Sanchez. Right. Like I, why? I believe you, that he's going to want to get right because he knows that, uh, that there's possible, you know, at the end of the year, who knows, like Higgy right now is, is outshining everybody with the bat, but highest OPS on the team. But if he's not, and and you know the world goes back to you know relative normalcy, or at least what we're what we're thinking is normal, Gary Sanchez is going to be a bat that we're going to want in the lineup. And if if they don't have a rapport in a playoff game, that's a problem. And if I'm Garrett, if I'm Garrett Cole, and I'm a perfectionist, and I want to make sure that everything is going right, and I'm and I'm you know doing everything I need to do this season to prepare for the playoffs, getting right with Gary Sanchez is one of them. He should be it should be on his list as well. I hope so. I've been saying this from the beginning. I hope so. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. We will back at you, be back with another episode in a couple of days. Talk to you then. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I'm 
must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. Why is it that the last dynasty in Major League Baseball were the New York Yankees? And I do recall Brian Cashman was there, yet he lost. He hasn't figured out or remembered how they won. There's a lineup that actually puts the ball in play. Guys who hit nine times all over the field that work the count. When you save a metric, it doesn't work. Look, I don't know what they're doing. Someone has to lose their job at this point. Like, really, this is so... Somebody's got to go. I don't care if it's Cashman, I don't care if it's Boone. Somebody's got to go. That's it. Someone has to go. I'm going to sleep with a broken heart because of the goddamn Yankees. Yeah, just one thing. Uh, Gleyber Torres is playing baseball for the New York Yankees tomorrow. Um... Aaron Boone is even worse than I think he is right now. That's all. He, he needs to be benched. He cannot play tomorrow. Or the next day. Or the next day. He needs at least a series off. Have a nice day. Hey, Pinstripers. This is Eric from Syracuse. And, oh, great. Another awesome performance by Tyone. They stake him to a 3 nothing lead, and this bum gives up four the next inning. I don't care. The only reason he's here is because he's Garrett Cole's buddy. This guy fucking sucks. Cashman can't evaluate pitchers worth shit. And I hate the team. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.